It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your host, J.D. Harris and friends are getting the discussion together. So it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the Man Cave, J.D. Harris and friends. Thank you, Monique. I just said Monique probably because I heard my cousin, saw my cousin on here, but today her name is Monique. Um, and we do judge here because we have some people here on Facebook Live already saying, would you wear a Packers jersey for some Hillary's? Oh, heck no. I will not wear another man's name on my back for no food. Money, now, we could talk about that a little bit, but I'm not going to go and invest in another man wearing it on my back. I do own jerseys. Anybody want to send them to me, uh, I do collect the autographed jerseys. I just uh, got my Melvin Gordon, got two of them. One is for a charity, and I got my Jadavian uh, last week, and Tommy Beak is, should be here any day now. And, yes, I do like Tom Brady's game. It's hard for me to cheer for the Patriots, but I cheer for the—I mean, the dude is un, unreal. But before we even get into that, Happy New Year, because I know we were a little hiatus. Your boy had to bring in the New Year and was like, I'm watching games, going to games. And then uh, I got sick. And uh, well, not it's not just about me. I got uh, Robert on. What's going on, Robert? What's going on, JD? Chilling, chilling, chilling. So, how has your New Year's football been thus far, my man? As far as personal or like watching the football? Just watching football. Because, I, I, you know, at the beginning of the year, everybody was complaining about the quality of the NFL games. And it just seems like just all the games all of a sudden got a lot better starting uh, with some of the bowl games, like the national championship game. Uh, where are my yeah. Bama fans at? Roll Tide, back to your crib. Told y'all it was going to happen. Didn't know when. What about you? I mean, did any of your teams win any bowl games or anything like that, Rob? I mean, uh, as far as, you know, college, you know, I'm an Arizona fan, so obviously college football isn't really my thing right now. But, you know, NFL – you know, wild card week, you know, all the games were blowouts. wasn't too exciting. But this past championship week, man, you know, I'm a Steelers you, fan. You, so. you jump you jumping ahead. You jumping ahead, son. You jumping ahead. Stay hey, in your lane, son. So, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying it picked up. It, it really picked up this past week. Oh, that's all I, I, say. I would have to agree. But uh, before we get too in-depth into it, did you see uh, the, uh, the deal with Oregon uh, with all the players going to the hospital? Yeah, I heard about that. Crazy. So with you being recently removed and you preparing for the NFL and Canadian tryouts, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, elaborate. I mean, you know, um, I feel like some conditioning coaches, you know, like, you know, you have players, you know, start, you know, complaining that they're tired and, you know, there's no excuses. You know, there's no excuses kind of coaches. And, you know, some coaches kind of just get ahead of themselves, especially during those, you know, winter, spring conditioning periods. And, uh you know, you kind of forget about the dangers that, you know, are included in, you know, a lot of these sessions, you know. Um, so so I'm, I'm going to question this. These gentlemen have been coaches before. This is not a brand new strength coach. So my question is, what were they doing beforehand? Why was it that hard for them? You know what I mean? Like, it was about five guys, and maybe that's why Oregon wasn't the Oregon that they had been of past. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, let's look, not saying that this is the case, but let's look at the five that were injured. I remember being in high school and those that are following, we had a, a coach, a track coach who was also our football coach, Bill King. Coach King was a man's man when it came down to uh, getting the best out of us. But, Mr. King, <laughs> we paid the price. And I remember one day, <laughs> myself, uh, it was like Ardell Reams, it was – few upperclassmen, we had worked out so hard the next day, like our bodies had locked up cramping and stuff like that. And it was just like, hey, <laughs> we put in the work and that was it. But now I just, I wonder how much of this was as serious as stated or some sensitive thugs that all needed hugs, you know? Yeah. And I'm also wondering, you know, what, what was in those players' systems? Like, were they eating a particular thing? Were they, I don't know, like, what what were they doing the night before 
that uh, yeah, there's a there's you know, a lot I'm, of factors. Not to start any speculation, but you know, but there's yeah. there's a lot of ways around this. You know, looking at this exactly. And, and, and before anyone jumps to a conclusion, like oh yeah, he's just beating them and torturing them, and no, you know, you got to look at each individual case and uh, see what the common denominator is. Because if there's five people that went to the hospital, well, we know in uh, in the workouts and stuff like this, there's 60-something other people, 70 other people. Why aren't they going to the hospital? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so for the uh, USC fans, they're happy about that. Like, uh, I have a former player that's on right now, (laughs) Isaac Cruz. uh, And I'm going to tell you this. Isaac Cruz probably lost me three games uh, my first year coordinating college because something came up. It was a little niche in the system that messed Isaac up. Isaac was one of our receivers, a good, solid dude, and our long snapper. <laughs> and you never want to go to, through a season, I talk about all the time, without a long snapper. So anyway, uh, it's been a lot, of new, a lot of things going on in the NFL as well. Uh, one sad case I'm going to talk about, I don't know if you saw about Stanley Wilson. Did you see about him, a former NFL player? No, I haven't heard about this. All right, so Stanley Wilson, uh, his dad also played for the Bengals, uh, I believe in the 80s. He was found naked, arrested naked for the second time. His father uh, originally got caught uh, during, during the Bengals' Super Bowl run uh, shooting or getting high. And so, you know, unfortunately – this, I mean, this same kind of behavior has gone on to um, Stanley. So Stanley, this time he tries to break into somebody's house and a person shoots him and they find him naked. So I'm like, man, it's like, you know, not making fun of it, but pray for that brother because uh, that's uh, that's tough, that's tough, that's tough. But then... um, on a lighter note, you got your boy. Well, we won't even go to that. I'm going to deal with the NFL coaching hires. Any any hire stand out to you more than another, Robert? What's your thoughts on it? Um, not really. Um, but the who's the who's the coach they just signed for? Uh, I was about to say San Diego, also like he did uh, for the LA Chargers. Who's oh, who's that guy? Again? Oh, Anthony Lynn. Uh, Anthony Lynn is a solid coach. He was the one, he interned, uh, he was the OC at Buffalo. Um, solid dude, been around a little bit. I think that that's a, a, a good hire, but that's a tough hire for him. Uh, being a brand new head coach and going through a transitional period and things like that, that's one franchise. I mean, when you're going into this, you have a little leeway. I mean, there's question marks on who's going to be uh, the GM, is Les Neat going to still remain there? Are they going to go in another direction? They're going to be playing in, what, a 30,000, 22-something seated stadium <laughs> uh, for Man. NFL. You know, So it's a lot of tough things. So I hope that this isn't a situation, I don't know the terms of his contract, where it's just like you're a sit-in, a holdover coach until – you know, they get all settled and get in the stadium, and then they bring in a guy that is their guy, you know, um, which a lot of times that has happened. So I'm like, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, there. Yeah, and I uh, I really liked his answer. You know, there was an interviewer that like, you know, what are you going to do to, you know, gain fans, you know, um, catch the attention of fans here in the L.A. area? And he was like, simple, just win. You know, and that answer just kind of stuck out to me. And I was like, yeah, this guy's kind of, I like his straightforward to the point, you know, attitude. Just win. That's all you can do. Yeah. And I mean, it's even tougher. Think about this. You're coming in, you have a quarterback that's one foot in, one foot out the door. Um, defensively, on, on the defensive side, they have some youth. And, you know, Anthony Lynn is a guy that believes in running the ball, and he has a running back to do it with, with Melvin Gordon. Uh, so I think that that, marriage is going to be good but you know you're talking about you're where you're away from having to get a new quarterback and you know to be honest they could use some more depth at wide receiver you have antonio gates that's possibly one foot out the door so there's a lot of situations where that becomes a very very tough job 
you know, not so much next or next year, but it is tough next year. But the following years after that is like, Definitely. you know, is he guaranteed four years? You know what I mean? I wonder how his agent, how they went about with his contract to, you know, show that, you know, you get some security. And that's why, you know, sometimes people, you'll hear the saying that all jobs are good jobs, you know, especially when it comes down to the NFL. Uh, you get in a situation where you may just be like a holdover. Um, I found one of the more interesting hires was uh, the Rams hiring uh, Sean McVay. You know, very young coach. Um, although he has a young roster, that's, man, that's tough. And they hired him before, I mean, um, they hired him and same thing with like kind of Kyle or Kyle Shanahan, they're looking or at San, San Francisco, looking at the GM situation, things like that. Uh, I'm just like that. What, what and I said less needs with uh, San Diego, and I apologize, or, or not even San Diego. The other LA team is all confusing now. <laughs> I think it's going to take probably about a year to get it all straightened out. Um, but you're going into a situation where. You know, they're going in, they have a very young coach, a, a quarterback that some question can play at the pro level. And I'm just sorry, I've been in NFL locker rooms. Dudes are going to look at this young cat and be like, what you going to tell me? <laughs> like, imagine yeah. you getting coached by a guy that's, you know, about five or six years older than you. And imagine like, you yeah, making more money yeah. than him. <laughs> That's crazy. It's like, what are you going to tell me that I don't already know? You know, it's like, it's crazy. Like, it, it's like he's your boss, but you have more power over him. It seems like because you, you know, your cro- differences in contract. You know, yeah, and you're co- coaching grown men that have grown men problems. And not saying thirty years old, you're not a grown man, but you know, uh, it, it's. It's tough when guys have credibility and to get guys to tow in and things like that. But we'll cover a little bit of this more uh, when we get back with the NFL coaches and then talk about these games and, you know, all that fun stuff. So we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com Now, let's get back to the show. Thank you, Marlene. I just changed her name again because Monique was not where I was going with it. But anyway, so dealing with these coaches' uh, changes. Um, so I would say, what would you, Robert, from what you know, what would you give the Chargers higher, like, a letter grade 
for Anthony Lynn? I mean, for him personally, the job's probably a D or an F just because of the situation. But I think they hired a uh, – he seems like a you know, younger, energetic guy, so I'm going to give it probably a, probably a B right now. So for, you know, being a man of color, I'm always going to be excited to get a job. I just hope he has the support system behind it to be successful. So I'm going to say they got probably a better coach than what they expect. But will they give him the support that he needs? So I'm going to give that hire a B. Um, the Rams situation, it was great to what they did do to counteract uh, Sean McVay's age. They went out and got Wade Phillips, you know, seasoned head coach, veteran, you know, pretty much was born with the NFL football in his hand. So, I, I mean, I can see that, but I'm still that higher. Uh, I'm going to go C minus. What about you on that one? Well, I think you know uh, Wade Phillips. You know he had a little bit of success in Dallas, and uh, you know maybe you know with the right fit, you know he might have some success in LA. We'll see. Um, I'll probably give it a C right now. So now this is an interesting one. Uh, Sean McBay uh, McDermott to Buffalo. Like, Sean McDermott worked under the great Jimmy Johnson uh, in Philly, and they were heavy blitz there during those McNabb years and things like that. And, you know, he's, it's been a long time coming for him to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. I just felt like Buffalo were, was better suited to keep Anthony Lynn there. You know, you had a rapport with the guys that are there, um, and just because they've, have been like what three years removed from a coaching change. I just think that having some continuity there, some consistency, says a lot. You look at the franchises that typically win now; they have a history of guys being there for a while. They're not. It's not a lot of change. And There's a lot of loyalty. Yes, yeah, well, not loyalty, but consistency. So guys yeah. know they're given a chance. We know, I mean, we're just such a society that needs instant gratification. And um, so just making sure that you that you give the guys time. And so I felt like for them, even though Sean McDermott was a good hire, I just felt like, you know, why not stick with someone that is going to bring the continuity in an unstable environment? So I would give that job a B because they did get a good coach, but then you have Jacksonville and that's a very interesting situation. You, you know, uh, they, they took Doug Marone. Any thoughts on the Jacksonville deal? Um, well, I did see that they hired Tom Coughlin though, as their, you know, executive vice president. And, uh, I think that was a good move. AKA um, head coach. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you you know, be- Tom Coughlin obviously knows how to win. So oh, that's yeah. going to be, it's going to be really helpful in Jacksonville for sure. Absolutely. Give them, give them some direction, you know. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. When Tom Coughlin was there as a head coach, I remember I uh, interviewed in 99, 2000 to go to Jacksonville. And Tom, even as a head coach there, his fingerprints were all over that organization. And I don't – you're way, probably too young to remember this, but early in their uh, – Adaption to the NFL, I think year two or three, they went into the playoffs. <laughs> the Jaguars did yeah. under Tom Coughlin. So he's going to put the right formula together to have success there. Uh, but, but Doug Marone left Buffalo early, you know, to get out of that situation. And he came to Jacksonville as an assistant. So it's pretty interesting uh, how that relationship's going to work. And you know, how involved is Tom Coughlin going to be with the day-to-day and the hiring of the assistant coaches? But Doug Marone did hire my boy Tyrone Wheatley. So, T-Week, congratulations. You know, uh, I thought that, you know, and they worked together both at Syracuse and Buffalo. So, obviously, I mean, Tom Coughlin is probably letting him get some familiarity with his staff. So, I'm guessing that Doug Marone has the final say with uh, his staff, but maybe not players. So, mm-hmm. what would you give that situation in Jacksonville? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a 
hmm, probably a B plus. B with plus. the Tom Coughlin situation added in, yeah, I think it's a B B plus probably. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna go as far as you and give that a solid B. Uh, so Kyle Shanahan to the 49ers without a GM. That is a sticky situation. Uh, you, mm. A lot of times when you're hiring a new GM, it, it's going to, you know, people want to know who's getting the power. And so now you're bringing in a first-time head coach. Are you giving him the keys to the whole organization? Or you're getting, a, uh, like, you know, George Payton, who I worked with in Chicago. George is now with, he's been with Minnesota with Rick Spillman. Do you give George power over a coach he didn't hire? It just seems like San Francisco still doing some of the same things that kind of gotten them in this situation. You know, you get rid of a coach that's gotten you to the Super Bowl, you're chasing them out of there, you hire them with a guy that's never been a head coach, then <laughs> you get him out after a year, then you bring in Chip Kelly. And, you know, uh, you get rid of him fast. So now you're bringing in a GM, and that is that a job that a GM really wants going in, like lobbying for uh, power? Yeah, it's that's going to be a sticky situation for Kyle Shanahan for sure. It's uh, 49ers are kind of a mess right now. Now a lot of bad media, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Now I think the perfect situa- a solution for the 49ers. Seeing that they've already hired Kyle, I would bring in Mike Shanahan as my GM. And then, so you have his dad, you have someone, like, they're not going to outdo each other for the power. You could tie them together, and if they go out, they go out. Um, And Shanahan has enough connections in the league to bring in some scouts and stuff like that. And then you know you have a situation, because a lot of times with some of these organizations, you have... The head coach here vying for power, and you have the general manager, and they're both fighting for power. Where in a sense, if you have Shanahan and with his dad, then you have a, a group that work together, uh, and I think that makes a be- better marriage. I'm a firm believer with the right coach, he needs to be able to pick his players. Uh, now scouting them, if I got a guy on board, you know, not saying those relationships don't work out you know, when you guys don't know each other beforehand or work with each other, but chances are it's slim. So what would you grade, considering all these factors, and they still don't have a GM, what would you grade uh, the whole 49ers situation? I mean, their whole situation's solid D, F right now. It's it's messed up. <laughs> Dang, but, son. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's messed up down there, or up there. But, uh... <laughs> I think the Kyle Shanahan, that's eh, probably, I'll give it a C right now. I'm not really too sure about it. Yeah, I'm going to say a C plus. I was like, you know, Shanahan is a solid guy. Um, a lot's going to be told with, besides the GM, is who his assistants are going to be. You know, um, are there any leftovers from his dad and Gary Kubiak guys that are going to come in? And, you know, the great thing is he has a lot of resources. He could touch in touch in to those people as consultants and things like that. So it will be interesting. But obviously uh, Jed York is making Shanahan the coach of the future. So I think, I think he is aware that he needs to hold on to this coach for a little while. Um, so I'm going to give that, that job a C plus anybody out there on Facebook, uh, Eric James Fitzgerald, you got something to say, homie? Uh, one of my former players, uh, but I'm going to say that I'm going to give that a C plus, but the, I think the job, <laughs> the perfect job. And he said it was Vance Joseph getting a Denver job and what a power move he made by immediately hiring Mike McCoy, uh, from, what was formerly known as San Diego Chargers. Uh, He brings in Mike McCoy, who Mike McCoy was the OC at Denver before he went to KC, I mean, San Diego. And not only that, um, Mike McCoy has a strong relationship with some of the coaches on staff already, so they keep a lot of continuity within that staff. And then, you know, Vance kept everything kind of the same with, uh, you know, since, whatchamacallit, Wade left, 
just making the DB coach the coordinator, I thought that was a smooth move, a move on his hand. And I think that they'll be in a situation. Denver, I think, actually improves uh, immediately and they don't lose a step because they already had everybody in place. And so uh, M- McCoy kept Eric Studisville, who uh, Eric, if you all know, Eric is like a big brother to me. He's been a mentor going back to our days in Chicago. Uh, he's worked at Buffalo, worked with Marshawn Lynch when he was a rookie and Tiki and everybody. And so Mike, or I mean, Eric has been, this is the fourth coach that has been on Denver's staff since he's been there, fourth head coach. He was actually the interim head coach to start Tebow, but he and McCoy have a strong relationship. So he turns down a coordinator job to, or, you know, interviewing from a, a coordinator job to go back to Denver, which is a very lovely place to work, and it says a lot about him too. So I'm going to say of all the coaching hires, that one right there, I'm going to give a A-. minus. Which, right. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. I'd probably say an A, A minus too, because you know you were telling me earlier that you know Vance Joseph has a lot of you know um, similar friends, mutual friends with you know the old regime. So uh, I think it'll be a smooth transition. Yeah, I mean, and the old regime actually brought Vance in for an interview. So I think that bringing him in, uh, and he's a guy that understands he's not going to ruffle the feathers in a sense to mess up something that's good. All he's going to do is enhance it. And so you want that. You, when you're when coaches are coming in for these interviews, you have to look at, you know, how much change are they going to bring in? Are they ready to just chop the whole roster up? And sometimes when you do that, you know, some certain things don't need to go. You just need to adjust and, you know, sometimes you got to assimilate. So this is a situation – very similar to what Mike Tomlin came into uh, when he came into Pittsburgh and uh, what you call it left, Coward, Bill Cower left. Mike had to assimilate, you know, he had Dick LeBeau and those guys there already. So he just had to merge and adapt and then build on from there. And you see, we're talking about a team that's competing for the championship again. So, um, when we get back, talking about the championship weekend, we're going to talk about last week's game and uh, talk about this week. So we'll be back in a sec. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we ended with the coaches, but last week's games, and uh, Robert, you kind of started it off, man, uh, going into, like, uh, the wild card games, they were decent, but the excitement, man, of the games last week, like, you go to the Pittsburgh KC game, dog. Well, actually, we're going to make that one the last. Let's go, 
uh, let's go Atlanta, Seattle. All right. Well, uh, I mean, people were thinking, you know, Seattle is going to pull it out. You know, I had a lot of, a lot of my friends, you know, thinking Seattle is going to be the favorite coming in, but I was like, wait up, you know, I thought, I, I thought really Seattle was going to get it too, dog. I, I was, I was torn between the two, but I knew Atlanta had a really good offense, you know, with, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, MVP, most likely MVP, MVP favorite. And, uh, Man, it came to, came to fruition, man. He, had, he went off. Well, so I thought Seattle made a power move by bringing in Devin Hester, which almost paid off without the penalty returns to kick. Um, you know, it goes to show, and people, some of the other pundits have talked about this, I, didn't, I never liked the move for Jimmy Graham and Max Unger. Or, you know, you look at this year's, this season's games and who's doing what, and it's the people that have some cohesiveness on the offensive line. Uh, so for, and then I looked, so I thought Seattle would do well, get some pressure, you know, with Michael Bennett and those guys up front. Uh, Bobby Wagner would, you know, neutralize the running game. You, you know, mm-hmm. now you're finding out that uh, Sherman and them were injured, but I thought that they, you know, they would get fits, and I thought the teacher would beat the student. Um, I didn't think Quinn would come in and go ahead and give it to Carol and the boys, but they did. I'm still not sold on Matt Ryan. It's just something, you know, they have a good system, but I'm just not sold on them. And so, which makes it hard for me to believe in them. And I really felt like even with, um, whatchamacallit, gone, I mean, I thought, you know, with uh, Cam Chandler and those guys, that they still could shore things up because it make them one-dimensional, make them have to run a ball. And I felt like if you, I feel like if you make Atlanta run, even though they have good, uh, good running backs, I'd rather them beat me with the run than to beat me with the pass, because you know they're living off of big plays. So you get you, you know, you nullify Julio, that changes the whole aspect of the game. But, you know, congratulations to Atlanta beating Seattle. Dallas Green Bay, who did you have going into that game? I had, I had the Packers. Just really? Because of the, uh, yeah. I had, you know, you know, the youth of the Cowboys. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been there before. Dak Prescott, Zeke, you know, it's kind of, you know, I mean, they still, they still played really well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers just, you know, he just has that experience, that big moment, and I think he was just going to find a way to pull it out. I felt like Dallas lost the game more than Green Bay won the game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did will his team to win the game, but I felt like Dallas would – I felt like if they had got back to just running the ball with Zeke, the best way you beat a high-potent offense is a consistent running game that keeps a guy like Aaron Rodgers with half of his receivers beat up, a depleted secondary – you start getting them. You you start making him have to force balls, um, and everybody says you blitz Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, if you blitz him, you almost blitz him in the middle. I think they put too much thought into defending him. Uh, you really, I want or actually, I want to blitz him off the edge and keep him inside the pocket. I don't mm-hmm. want him rolling out. I want him, you know, just, you know, if you have to line up in a wide nine technique, for those of you that don't know, is like outside the tight end area. And, you know, getting those type of angles and going after him, I thought that Dallas could have did a better job. But I thought the key was running the ball. And like he said, 35 seconds, too much time. Um, which sh- says about him and, the you know, going into the question, uh, you know, which will be next next section about the quarterbacks. But man, he played his tail off. <laughs> he, all that being said, think about this: Ty Montgomery gets hurt, dude just turns on the magic show. Hey, how about that? Hey, how about that last play too? Speaking of the magic show, uh, he drew up that last play. You know, it's like one of those plays you draw up in the dirt. You know, in the schoolyard. You know, I guess it wasn't a uh, set call that last big uh, play on the sideline. No, but they, they practice it in a sense. like so, Yeah, so th- what they do, a lot of times they have kind of like the four birds. And then if he starts to scramble, if he comes to your side, 
the you know the backside does a a dig this the near side receiver does almost like a comeback so they they kind of have the scramble rules and they uh practice those contingency or uh offices offenses and so for them you know i mean no matter what they practice him rolling a right hand quarterback rolling to his left and putting that ball, ball in left, play yeah. uh you know is a hell of a play um I just feel like the, I mean it was just a great play. Is can't take anything away from it, um, and so you have Dallas and Green or Dallas losing to Green Bay. But again, I don't. Obviously, the better player won. The better team didn't win, and I felt like that was a game that I would have to put it on the coaches of Dallas rather than Green Bay dominating. But then you had New England, Houston the teacher and the pupil, <coughs> and um, man, <laughs> Houston, despite not having a quarterback, boy, <laughs> what you think, man? <laughs> hey, um, you know, I got to say, though, when J.J. Watt comes back, that defense is going to be deadly. That's going to be, you know, I think Jadavion Clowney starting to show why he was the first, you know, number one pick, and uh, they got all these pieces around him. You know, you got Cushing. Um, you got a good secondary. It's going to be they're, they're going to be an interesting you know team the next couple seasons. But you just said two names. That, you just said two names that don't stay on the field: Cushing and Watt. <laughs> they, hey man, I mean the past if two they seasons. Stay healthy. If I mean if I was six foot two, I'd be in the NFL. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So you know you have that. That um, but New England, Tom Brady, they did exactly what we would expect New England to do, um, and New England, you just is so many different people you have to cover, and they just have the formula, and it's like just stop them. But Pittsburgh, KC, boy, oh boy, oh boy, that was the that game played out how I expected it to. I expected a high potent offense. I expected. The person I believe is the league MVP with Le'Veon Bell. This dude is ridiculous what he's doing with this running style. It is like you just don't coach that. You can't even teach that. I mean, it goes against everything that we know as coaches to teach. (laughs) The level of patience he has. And then that dude goes from zero to uh, 60 in like 0.5 seconds, 0.1 second. Uh that was a that that was a great game. Did you watch that game? Oh, I yeah, I was I was biting my nails the whole time too. You know, <laughs> being a Pittsburgh fan, I was like, you know, that that second that two uh, two point conversion at the at the end and that ref threw that flag. I was like, thank God. Yeah. Now, so what do you feel about the flag? <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like the way you know, I, uh, that's usually a play refs don't call. But I think it was in such a high stakes situation. You know, James Harrison was trying to rip through. Offensive lineman, you know, just kept holding his jersey. That happens almost every play. Um, but it was deeper. He went across his chest and had underneath his breastplate. That's where, if it was, if his hands wasn't, if his hands were open, you know, like I wouldn't have called. You know, I would, I would agree with everyone else. But the fact that his hands was underneath his his cross breastplate, come on, you got, you have to call, and you got to look at who's rushing. Even though James Harrison is shorter, he's a powerful man, and the only way you're going to stop him sometimes is holding him. So I think yeah. th- those factors in a, a game situation like that, you know, is either or. And I, 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 I think it was the greatest call. No, but I think it was a bad call. No, I felt like it was, it was a fair call. Yeah, it was fair, definitely. Uh, um, it was holding. Yep, it was holding. And then uh, speaking of hold, uh, uh, your boy Antonio holding the phone. What you know? We've all been in locker rooms, uh, been in pro locker rooms, uh, college locker rooms, high school. Um, first of all, in my era, we had dial-up phones, so nobody even had a cell phone. And then if we were really fancy, my senior year, we had pagers. And I think my sky pager. You don't even know what a sky pager is, do you? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, my my pager looked like a garage door opener, and it was an old school garage door opener. It was like the four button garage, <laughs> and it was huge. And so, you know, we never had. I mean, 
a situation and then to go, I mean, even in your college age, you didn't have live. You guys just had to worry about somebody videotaping and then, you know, you could take it off or not get out there. But to go live while your coach is talking, man. And, you know, I'm an AB fan. I mean, business is booming. But bruh, <laughs> bruh, bruh, bruh. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the locker room, locker room should stay, you know, between those four walls, you know, whatever, whatever goes on in there, you know, I mean, the media obviously finds their way in there, but, you know, when the coach is addressing your players, you know, on a personal level, you know, I think you got to keep that stuff private. Yeah, and, it's, like and they they have a time frame in which you can go ahead and uh, get on your social media and stuff. The NFL does that. Um, it's 30 minutes after contests and stuff like that. So, I mean... You know, I like how Mike T dealt with it today. I mean, he didn't even talk to AB. He just went ahead. Since you want to go live, I'm going to go live. And, like, boom. <laughs> it was like, hey, just so you know, there's a lot of guys with talent that get moved around in this league. And he doesn't want – I mean, Pittsburgh is a place you want to stay. You're always going to be competitive and, you know, not letting snap face and – uh, Esther Charm <laughs> Esther Book get you <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this if Antonio Brown became available the first team that would be calling would be New England Patriots why, oh, why you bull crapping so <laughs> uh, but I like how Mike T handled it but you know ju- did you see Julian Edelman's uh, response to that no I didn't oh he was like that's just the way they do stuff over there and Ben, uh, uh, that's how the, that place is ran. And then Ben Roethlisberger went in on him a little bit. He was like, hey, we got Super Bowl trophies over here, pimp. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and I like the fact that Coach Tomlin didn't, like you said, I'm not going to punish the team. Let's be real. It's about winning championship and winning games. A.B. is a hell of a player, and we are not going to punish ourselves by letting A.B. sit on the bench. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dumb. Come on, it's crunch time. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to hit his pocket, hit his pocket, and, you know, that right there will change some things and let him know. You won't notice like you did, and there you have it. A.B. is worried about his image. So an image-conscious person, the way you discipline them is to – Go public with it, and that's what they did. So uh, we're going to be back in a few. I'm going into break. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. 
Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, we're covering the last part going into Super Bowl weekend, and um, or championship weekend. I just, I really... Don't want to go with the mainstream with this. I don't want to go with the other pundits uh, with who everybody will want. I think the ideal matchup, what everyone, uh, probably most people want, is Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and so they can loviate over the quarterbacks and, oh, who's the greatest and stuff like that. You know, all, that sells tickets and, and not say it would be a good game. I don't think it would be the best game. I'm going to say... The game I want, then I'll give my picks, and you can tell me your opinion, uh, Robert, or people that's following us. Me, personally, I would say, and I don't even like Atlanta, I would like to see Atlanta versus Pittsburgh in a Super Bowl. I think that would be a better game, uh, you know, in terms of a football-loving person. You know, uh, not just a novice fan, but someone that likes football. I think... Both teams have enough depth. Uh, they're both teams are balanced. You know, they both have a little defense. They have some defense. They have some offense. They have running games. They have special teams. Uh, whereas I feel like if you get the New England versus Green Bay game, New England's you know a all around team. But really, even if the Packers win, how long can they go with? A depleted secondary, you know, father time D line. Most of their, uh, probably two thirds of their receiving core is hurt, and absolutely nobody at running back. I don't think that would be a good showing for a Super Bowl game. What's your thoughts on that? And then we'll make our picks. I mean, I'm thinking back to Super Bowl 45, Packers and Steelers. You know. I'm thinking we need revenge from that that past year, man. So uh, I gotta say, a Steelers Green Bay game. I think that'd be the best Super Bowl for me uh, personally. Um, I don't know if I don't know if uh, the Falcons, you know, the Falcons, me, you know, overcome overcome the Packers. But I think you know, just as a Steelers fan, I, I'm gonna like that matchup the most. See, I think the Steelers uh, will be so going and picking these games. First of all, I'm gonna pick. Pittsburgh over New England, and I got dogs on both teams. So uh, sorry, D and uh, <laughs> and guys over there. I just got I got to go with Pittsburgh. I just I think that they're probably one of the most complete teams right now, um, and they are peaking at the right time. They have you know all their superstars back, and they're ready to roll. And so I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Over New England by three points. Who you have in that game? Uh, I gotta go with you. I gotta go. Uh, you know, Steelers versus uh, Steelers over the Patriots in a tight game. You know, Patriots obviously make me very nervous, as they should. And uh, you know, Deion Lewis is emerging as a you know potential star for that team. But uh, you know, I like the Pittsburgh. You know, all three Bs are all healthy right now, and uh, they're looking very dangerous. Killer Bs, and I think Antonio Brown is not going to do like Odell Beckham did. <laughs> he he has a different level of maturity where I think he takes this takes this as embarrassment and uses it to do well. You know, uh and I think and I know Mike Tomlin knows he has a great gauge in those guys. So he would never do anything that would be detrimental to the team and you know, he's going to take care of his stars and I think his, uh, I think Antonio Brown is going to come out I think right away they do a play fake action to him and hit him deep, changes changes the game going into this week. Um, the NFC Championship game, Atlanta and Green Bay. I want Atlanta to do it. I think this is the one next game that Green Bay can win, and then they're done. I don't want them to win. I think Atlanta's a better team. But I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, the key thing, though, is uh, Vic Beasley and uh, whatchamacallit that was here with the Cardinals last year, D- Dwight Freeney. 
I think the mm-hmm. white, the white was on Aaron Rodgers so much those last two games of last season that Aaron Rodgers has memories of that, and you know, and he knows how to go up against the left tackle. Um, that that front four of Atlanta is going to determine who wins the game, but I'm going to give it to Green Bay. Yeah, I think uh, this is a tough one, but uh, you know, I think it's uncharted territory right now for the Falcons. They, I don't think they've made it this far um, in the playoffs in a while. Um, and then, you know, Jared Cook, Devontae Adams, Cobb, you know, all these receivers kind of pick up the slack from the Jordan Nelson injury. Um, you know, they're going to have to come up big again this week, but I got the Packers in a close game as well. You remember the Packers got to play uh, Julio Jones. <laughs> you so if it becomes a shootout. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we're talking about this. Anybody else got anything to say on this one? But I think that the fact that you have Julio Jones and those guys against that secondary, ooh, I I want to say the pack will win, and I think Aaron Rodgers has another great game in him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go to Atlanta. I just switched it up on everybody. I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta versus Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. And Pittsburgh winning. What you got, Thug Life? Man, I gotta say Steelers too, man. <laughs> hey, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm biased or what, but uh, I mean, coming from an, as an unbiased opinion as I can, you know, the Steelers are just looking at like a complete team. You know, defense is playing well. They're healthy on offense. Um, you know, yep. They haven't lost in a while, so I mean, it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough outing for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, with all this being said, uh, this weekend I'm headed to the Senior Bowl. No, Deshaun Watson will be there. But I wanted to give, um, working on a couple projects, uh, the Coaches for Cancer, uh, being part of a casting to get people together for Infinity uh, for the uh, Final Four. So, I'm excited about that. And a couple weeks ago, I had some of the former Steelers like Max Starks and. Uh, Andrew Walters, uh, that was a quarterback at Oakland. Uh, we did a big project for Verizon, and so it's going to kick off at the Super Bowl. So those of you guys are headed to Houston, you'll see your boy there. Go to the, the NFL Experience, put on those VR glasses, and you'll see your boy coming at you in all different dimensions, like 3D, 4D, 2D. I'm all up in your face. So, <laughs> so anyway, man, uh, Robert, I appreciate you. Those of you who don't know, Robert I actually helps write the show because uh, I've been slacking on the road doing all these projects, and I, I want to thank you and everybody that supports, and we'll be back next week. So uh, in the words of me and Robert, we are out of here. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and friends on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.